0: You're listening to the Upper in Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit UpperinFrisco.com. You guys familiar with uh, this prophetic dude named Sean Bowles from California? I heard him tell this story about how um, he and his friends would go to New Age festivals or you know conventions or like witchy type festivals, and they would go to seek and save the lost, go and love people and minister. And so he knew that the name of Jesus would probably just shut anyone down immediately, and so they had to be pretty sneaky, Jehovah-sneaky. jehovah Jireh, jehovah Nisi, (laughs) Jehovah-sneaky. So (laughs) y'all have to give me grace. This might be a a stretching message for some of us. So he goes up to... um, this guy who is into new age, and asks him, hey, do you have a spirit guide? Hoping that he would return that, the question. And the guy's like, yeah, I, I do. And he's like, do you have a spirit guide? And he says, yeah, his name is King, because he's king of the spirits. And there's something really special about my spirit guide. When I touch people, people can feel king and, and feel some of the virtues of my spirit guide. And the guy's like, really? And he's like, yeah, you want me to, to do that? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And so now a saint from heaven has his, is laying hands on a guy who is open to receive from the king of the spirits. <laughs> and so he begins to bless him with you know, blessings from heaven. And vir- and, and, the guy, and, and he you know, is interviewing him while he's praying. He's like, so what's going on? He's like, you're right. I can feel like... Warmth and peace and joy, like I can feel your spirit guide. <laughs> and then Sean says, You know, while I'm praying, King is showing me that you've got some Klingons. <laughs> and he's like, Really? Like, what do you mean? And and then Sean begins to, through the discernment of spirits, begin to describe the demonic activity in this young man's life, and saying, like, you have these night terrors and like an internal mocking dialogue, and you feel shame and, and anxiety. And the guy's like, Yes, that's exactly what's going on. And Sean is just naming what is going on in his life without just like hitting him in the face with churchy words, right? And so he says, Well, King and I can take care of those if you want. And he's like, Yeah. And so shumbled, he's now delivering this guy of unclean spirits by the king of the spirits, named Holy Spirit, he doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know that it's the spirit of Christ yet. He's actually encountering the goodness of God before he knows the name of that God of goodness. So the guy gets delivered and then Sean, you know, begins to actually disciple him, tell him like, what's going on? And, And guess what, we've got a new brother in the Lord because Sean went and met that guy where he was at, at you know, like at his level. Isn't that incredible? I've got a friend, uh, he's a minister named Rick Stoker. He ministers out in the South Carolina. And this guy is so stinking powerful in the Lord and just loves and is so humble. And um, let me give you a cool intro story, you know, just so you know what kind of dude this is. He ministers to the homeless and, and, and poor and just the, the most broken, the most outcast of society. And in order to do that, he felt like God was telling him, telling him he needed this one specific building. And it was a pretty big warehouse type building that he could turn into bunks and yada, 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 and a food distribution center. And, but the person who owned it wasn't necessarily uh, friends of the bridegroom. Uh, <laughs> she was, uh, she was a, a very lost woman. And so uh, he strikes up a conversation with her and says, hey, I wanna buy your building for you. And she's like, uh, yeah, well, it's, it, it's not for sale. And um, she's like, but if, if you wanna buy it, it would be, and it's like over a million dollars. And so Rick said to this woman, she, he said, no, actually, God told me that you were gonna give me the building. And she laughs and, you know, just like thinks he's a crazy man, ridiculous. And that's like their, their first intro. Well, a little while later, God gives Rick a phone number to call. And so beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Phones don't even make noise anymore. So anyway, <laughs> he's on the phone. <laughs> he's on the phone. And... This woman answers, but it's not her other phone number. God gave him her phone number by revelation. And she's like, how did you get this number? And he said, God gave it to me. (laughs) She was actually on a burner phone because she was cheating on her husband and on a vacation with that other man on an island in the Caribbean. So he says, God gave me this number. And she said, If God gave you that number, then I'll give you my building. If God can tell you what I'm wearing, where I'm at, and what I'm thinking. And Rick, he says, the way he describes it, he says he just inhaled, and the Holy Spirit came out and he said, You're wearing a, a pink, islandy dress with yellow flip flops. You have this kind of purse. Uh, you are in, and he names the island that she's on, and and he says, you're thinking about the back taxes that are owed on that building, and you're cheating on your husband. I need to tell you that you need to pay those taxes because the building's about to be mine, and I don't want to lean on it. (laughs) Every word was true. She signs the deed over to him. She's she's terrified of you know this living God. <laughs> but Rick is the kind of guy. He he ministers to like the um, the gangs and the drug houses and the worst part of town. And he's just a you know glow in the dark sixty year old white dude just walking around like knocking on doors, loving people. And um, there's this one house that he keeps going back to, but they're really like verbally violent towards him because it's like a, it's a house where they cook drugs and it's you know gang run and but he keeps on knocking on the door and every time they threaten to hurt him and but he just keeps on coming back and uh, this one time this young man answers the door and revelation falls on Rick and Rick says to him. You need to turn to God tonight and do not go on that run this evening because you're gonna be shot. And the guy's like, you yada 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 yada, get out of here, blah 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 closes the door. Well, that night Rick gets a phone call from the hospital. And this hospital worker is saying, This young man, names the guy that he was talking to that day, put you down as his emergency contact. He's been shot three times. And Rick says, yeah, he was shot here, here and here because he already saw it by revelation before it happened. It was so accurate that the police questioned Rick because they thought that he witnessed the shooting. <laughs> so Rick goes to the hospital and the, the, the young man's like, I didn't have anyone, you're the, you're the one who came to mind to put down as my emergency contact." So the kid recovers and, and gives his life to the Lord uh, under, under Rick's, you know, leadership. And so Rick goes back to that same house. The kid is still in a lot of darkness. He's still in that gang. It's his only way that he knows to live so far. And so Rick goes back to the house, knocks on the door, and that young man answers the door, and, and he basically says, Brother Rick, you shouldn't be here. They're going to kill you if you keep coming back. And someone inside yells, is that that, yada, yada, yada. Tell him to get out of here. And, and Rick notices there's a lot of commotion going on inside this drug house and he overhears that like their fridge is broken, and it's the fridge that they need to create the drugs. And so Rick says, I've got an extra fridge for y'all. A drug fridge. So Rick goes and gets his fridge. And he puts it on one of those dollies and he's walking it down the street because it's in the same neighborhood. Anyway, fridges aren't hard to move if you know how to do it. You know what I mean? So anyway, so he's walking this his fridge and uh, they answer the door. They're like, are you kidding me? You're you're actually giving us a fridge. And he's like, yeah, let me help me get it into your house. And so now Rick, for the first time, is in the house. Okay, and he's giving them their new drug fridge. And um, (laughs) hey, listen, I'm not telling y'all to go do this yourself. This is just the story. It is what it is. So uh, Rick is in the house, and he notices that there is a, there's children in the room. There is a woman um, who is there for uh, only one horrible reason, and she is um, strung out on drugs to the point where the Lord tells her she's about to die. What's up? Yeah, the Lord tells him that, that she's about to die. Um, and so he doesn't know what to do. Um, she's kind of convulsing and, um, in the corner of the room, and he, and he sees a needle on the table. And the Lord says, that's the only thing that's going to save her right now so that she can come down rightly. And Rick hands her the needle that she needed to not die in that moment. Her life is saved. She comes down rightly and she recounts this moment when an angel came and handed her that to save her life. She gives her life to Jesus because of what Rick has done. The whole gang house, the whole drug house ends up getting saved. They come to the Lord because of the way that Rick selflessly loves them. And I know a lot of us are throwing up, like tons of objections are coming in our mind. They're coming in my mind, Like, but you don't know what that's gonna be used for. Like, but But he shouldn't have been, could you imagine if there was some famous preacher who was caught in the living room of a drug haven house? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if the king of the world was caught hanging out with sinners and tax collectors? Think of like the the, the prodigal son story. The dad already knew what was in his son's heart and he still gave him the money to go and spend that money on all the horrible things that he wanted to do in his heart. And really it was the size of that selfless gift that eventually woke up that kid in the darkest moment of his life to remember that his father's good This is who Jesus is. He wants to show up in everyone's life in a way that they can comprehend, in a way that they can feel, in a way that they can remember. I've told this story a couple times. It's one of my favorite. I think it's just audacious and bodacious. So um, Wycliffe Bible translators, right? They, they try to translate a Bible into like every uh, language on the wor- in the world. And so they'll send representatives to every country to learn the language and the culture so that they can then begin to translate the Bible for that people group. Well, they were having a lot of trouble in this one area. It was kind of like an island tribal nation that was really far detached from any kind of Western mentality. And so but they, were, they started in, they're, they're, they started with the book of John. They got to John chapter six and had so much trouble because in John six, Jesus says that he is the bread that came down from heaven seven times. These people have never seen, smelled, or tasted bread. They can't even grow wheat in their area, right? But in their culture, the staple of life, the staple of their diet is banana you guys know where I'm going, right? You read their Bible, you get to John chapter six and Jesus is the banana of life that gives life to the world. My flesh is banana indeed. He who eats of this banana shall live forever. Your forefathers ate the bananas in the wilderness, but they die, but he who eats of this banana shall live forever. He is the banana of life to these people. How crazy is that? We're going to be worshiping for all of eternity on a crystal sea with a bunch of people. We're going to go up to him, and, and they're going to describe Jesus as the banana of life to us. And we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> to me, he's like the T-bone of life, you know, the filet mignon. Huh? <laughs> he, but if Jesus were to show up to the, that people, he would walk around that village and point at a banana tree and and, and say something like, you see that banana? The thing that gives you life and sustains you? When you welcome me, I'm just like that. I will be the life in your veins and the thing that sustains you. I will be your banana. One of my good friends, Sandon Smith, he plays the electric guitar here every once in a while. Incredible, incredible young man. He told me uh, a couple years ago that um, he owed a co-worker 50 bucks. And, um, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit whispered to him and said, give him a 1,000. And, and so he, he wrote out a check and, and folded it up and just handed it to the guy. And the guy didn't think, he just assumed it was for the amount that was owed. And so they parted ways. He said, thanks, and they, and they parted ways. Well, a few minutes later, the guy's knocking on Sandin's office door and he says, can I come in and, and talk to you in private? And uh, Santa's like, yeah, come on in. And he said, last night I got a call from my parents that uh, my dad is diagnosed with a very serious cancer and doesn't have long to live, and they told me I need to fly home right now. And he said, <laughs> Santa said, he, he'll never forget this, he, he looked down at the check and opened it, and he said, I didn't know how I was going to afford to get home to see my family, but now I have the money. And this this young man is is weeping in the presence of this saint, and um, that tangible form of love changed that kid's life. Um, and you know what? Um, Santa told me that this this young man actually believed that he was gay. Now. Sandon in that moment, wasn't thinking, if I give $1,000 to this person, does that mean that I'm financing homosexuality? No. None of us would think that. That's ridiculous. He's just loving someone, no matter what mess is in his life, and it was a str- no-strings-attached kind of gift. It's only the no-strings-attached c- kind of gift that has the power to transform us. See... Jesus freely gives and freely loves because he knows that that is the only kind of love that transforms a cold, stony heart. And his grace doesn't leave us in that place. In Titus it says, the grace of God that has appeared to us all empowers us to live godly and upright lives in this evil world, trains us. This grace trains us and teaches us to say no to ungodliness can someone go get Israel Lambert from the kids' room? I wanted him to come and share a testimony. Are y'all picking up what I'm spilling? Yes. Jesus would go around and just like heal someone or like redeem their life, given the very thing that changes their, all of their circumstances. And then he would say, go and sin no more. Go and enjoy the life that I just gave you with a smile on his face. And he didn't say, now, you gotta follow me. Like, get your ducks in a row. Join this crew. Yada, da, da, da. Now, what would usually happen is that person couldn't help but follow Jesus afterwards. And they would say, come meet this man who told me everything. Come meet this man who loved me so deeply. Come meet this man who healed me of this or delivered me of that. They couldn't shut up about him after he healed them and demanded nothing from them. Israel, would you come on up? I wanted Israel to share this quick testimony of uh, what it looks like just to tangibly love people that you run into. Uh,
1: Yes, I'm smiling because we were doing Bible trivia with Candy in the children's church. (laughs) And your kids are amazing. I got to tell you, they are awesome. I got four of my own. Can we thank him?
0: Well, real quick, real quick. I'm going to brag on him some more. Israel serves in the kids' department so often. He loves your little ones, and he does it with such kindness and anointing and wisdom and revelation. We're really grateful
1: for you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I've, I've actually—I told him the other day—I've—I've I've won over his son a bit more. <laughs> which, which, full transparency, when I first started the children's church, um, I, I couldn't wait for the minutes to tick by. I, I was just like watching the clock the whole time. But the nature of the kingdom of God is sometimes you just have to show up. And eventually, as you sow your time, you begin to get a heart for it. Kind of like the prayer sets. Kind of like the prayer. I just want to plug the prayer sets for a minute, okay. What's the deal with some canceled sets, y'all? Let's go. You ever hear that? Let's go, come on now, come on out. Find your place on the wall, one hand with the spear, the other with the plow, right? Prayer sets, prayer sets. That right there happening between me and my wife every Monday morning, Liz and her husband, just plugging away, David. I know his name, but this guy, by the way, I just want to plug David real quick. Can I plug David on the prayer sets? Oh my goodness. Sometimes you look at the people and the faces next to you, you have no idea what the gifts that God's placed them are. You have no idea the depth of the cisterns that they're ministering from. Just, you just look at a person, and you're just like, oh, okay. You shrug them off. Then you get to know them. You hear them. You hear the passion, the cry, the heart for the Lord, and you start getting Blessed. So, uh, that's not even what he called me up here for. But but <laughs> prayer sets, prayer sets, y'all, prayer sets. Yes. Where's my wife, Allison? She's in a costume today. She looks like a princess. There she is, beautiful. That's what I call her. Yeah, God is just knitting us together. We come to these prayer sets, and like, you know, it's just amazing. The presence of the Lord. I just, I do want to scur- share a quick scripture, y'all, to bless you. Hopefully, It's within context, I believe. I don't even know what the sermon was, but um, I, it's just... Uh, Ephesians 4.11, it says, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors or teachers, that word can be interchanged with shepherds for pastors, for the equipping of the saints. That's you? To do the work of the ministry. To do the work of the ministry. Till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Yeah. I want to say thank you for equipping the saints thank you for equipping the saints thank you to peter lewis and thank you to michael miller and ashley and when you get up here equipping the saints the reason Jeremy asked me to just share a quick testimony is because uh, i grew up in church all my life grew up overseas parents missionary mkpk etc but he preached a message probably 2 years ago and it broke down the tangible ways that the holy ghost takes over your body at a cellular level and begins to speak to you, to move on you, to give words of knowledge, prophecy, uh, words of wisdom, etc. And it was very specific. And I drove through a drive-thru about a month ago, Whataburger over here in Plano off Coit. And I was getting some breakfast before work. And I work a lot. I'm a workaholic. I'm not afraid to say it. It's my passion. <laughs> God called me to the field, small business owner, entrepreneur, and I love it. Um, so I was getting some water burger. I usually go with the taquito, the number twenty with bacon, and and the orange juice. Get the salsa, two sauces, and I mix the hash brown inside of the burrito, y'all. That's the key. If you don't know that, you're missing out. So I I basically I get my order, and the guy on the drive-through was very smooth. And your arc with the Lord over time, peace just begins to take over, joy just begins to take over. You know what I'm saying, like things don't irritate you as much. You know. I spend three hours driving around the Metroplex in traffic. People cut off now. I just say, man, that was a nice move, you know? <laughs> so, so I'm in drive throughs a lot, restaurants, dry cleaners, hospitals. I work in a lot of different settings. The nice thing in my job, I usually only have to see people once a year. So that's good for me, you know? So uh, even if they're nasty, it's like, hey, you know what? You're having a bad day. So the guy in the drive thru was, was very smooth. And I, I'm in tune to that, you know? Like, where are people at? Like minister ministering to drive-through people. You know, they—they they need it. That's a tough job. L- let me just say, I just want to admonish you in this: if you go out, you hear me? You feel me? Yeah. People in the service industry—it's been a—it's been a tough road the last couple of years. Take care of them. Don't get this—you know—it's just not good. Don't get this attitude. You're here to serve them, even though they're serving you your food. You know what I'm saying? That's what Jesus called you to do. Come so minister to those people. Be sensitive to that. You know, I don't care if it's cold and you got to send it back, but be nice to the person bringing that food to you. So this guy was smooth, went through a drive-through. I get there, and he looks rough. Young black guy, probably 25 to 30. And as soon as I looked at him, I heard the word, the name, Andre Benjamin. And that's a a rapper and an actor okay and and I remember this message that he spoke and Andre he said
0: 3000 from Outcast. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly and and they he spoke a message that God'll drop a name that this person reminds you of someone, and that and hes that's a word of, of knowledge right there. he's speaking that to you, or he'll give you an impression. I remember he said you might touch someone, and all of a sudden you have an emotion right there were only about three that I remember very specifically because I was like, man, I've never really. And I realized that God had done it hundreds of times, but I didn't know what he was doing. So you need the teaching and the breakdown of the word from the people called to the offices to break it down to you so you can receive the full revelation. And I just heard Andre Benjamin. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, this is one of those moments. And you just got to step out. Got to be willing to step out. So I look at the guy, he serves me my food, and he looked rough. He looked like he had just got the job because he didn't even have a uniform yet, but he had an orange shirt on, right, that was hideous. And, <laughs> and, and, and I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, um, are you, an, are you uh, an artist by chance? And he just smiles. Yes, I am. I said, are you a musician? Or are you in music? Yes. I said, are you by chance a rapper? He's like, yeah. I mean, he's just freaking out. You know, he's like, what? Well, yeah, dude, I got things on Spotify and YouTube, and blah, blah. Or not Spotify, whatever the other one is. Um, and yeah, he just, he starts going on. I can just tell his countenance. And I said, man, God is just, and he's like, how do you, how do you know that? I'm like, dude, the Holy Spirit's just telling me, God is telling me these things about you. I want to encourage you in your music. And, uh, and it was just a quick transaction because there was, there was a, a line behind me. And I pulled out, he was very blessed and intrigued. And I felt like the interaction wasn't done. So I pulled in the parking lot. I was like, man, Lord, it's, it's not enough. You know, like sometimes you got to be sensitive to that as well. Like you got to circle back. And there's a fuller amount of work to be done, you know? And you can't just eh, gloss over it. Sometimes it's going to cost you a little more, a little time, a little resource, a little energy to make that full impact, to embed the seed down in, you know? You could toss it. There's no problem with that. Or you could dig a hole and you could put it in, cover it up, and water it. You know what I'm saying? So I pulled in the parking lot, and I had a little, you know, little 100 spot on me in my wallet. I was like, so I just... Bam! The Lord was just like, go in there and bless this man. Now it's busy. Morning time, rush hour. Coit in, of court in, uh, Georgia Bush. I go in there. I asked if I can speak to him. His name was DeCon or something like that. And and they were like, no, no, he's he's in the drive thru He's busy. You know, like. And I was like, man, I really need to talk to him. Now patrons that are in the line inside and like employees are like, what is this, you know, middle-aged white guy's problem? And why does he want to talk to the drive-thru? And the manager starts to like kind of lean over because, you know, who knows? She may think I have a complaint. He comes around the corner. I just said, man, I just want to tell you God loves you and and I want to bless you with this. And I just give him the, what we used to call Pentecostal handshake. You know, I might be dating myself, but that used to be a thing back in the day. You hit him with the Pentecostal handshake, and they're like, whoa. And, and he looks down. <laughs> now we've got a crowd. We have now <laughs> you know, people like, what is going on? And I just said, man, I want to encourage you in your music. And I want to tell you how much I respect you for being an artist, but also being here working the drive through for probably what isn't a lot of money. Because you know and I know the undertoes, because you're in tune with the world and what's going on. So you almost at all times, you can minister to people's hearts. So I know that that job doesn't pay a living wage, right? So I can immediately minister to that and just say, man, I respect you and what you're doing. Got the artist, but it's not paying the bills, so you're also working here. I give him that. This guy looks down, and he just starts to tear up. And he asks me, 44-year-old middle-aged white guy with four kids and a small business, can I give you a hug, man? You know, the young black dude. I mean, I don't, I don't even have to go into the reconciliation stream.
0: Mm.
1: That's not the only story I have of God reconciling brothers and sisters of all races across the globe, but it was happening right there in Plano, Texas. Mm. I, just, I, I just hugged him, and I held him, and I, I got the looks of wonder and mystery, which are the looks we want from the world, going, mm-hmm. what the heck is that love?
0: Yeah.
1: So I got it because I remembered a message that you preached that you could get a name, and that's the Holy Spirit giving a word of knowledge. Amen.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Israel. Gosh. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, who doesn't want a prophetic word with a charismatic handshake? Or what do you call it, a Pentecostal handshake? 100 bucks in a prophetic word, come on. That kid was lit up. So he, like Israel goes into he selflessly loves that guy. Meets him the, the world talks in a few different languages and money's one of them. Like that's a way that like ministers that where they can tangibly remember a moment where they've encountered goodness, right? So tonight as a church I know it's today, but I'm talking about tonight. I want you to, but thank you for keeping me on track. It is the morning. Um, I want you to give out the best hand, like candy. Like give the, the biggest hugs. I want you to love your neighbors deeply. Like love your neighborhood where your neighborhood is at. You guys know that Jesus said that he who welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me? You know that Jesus showed up in disguise, he, he, he looked like a gardener, like disguised himself, and then he showed up as a stranger on the road to Emmaus. What kind of costume is Jesus gonna show up in tonight at your house? I want us to figuratively, like Jesus did, incarnate ourselves into the dark world around us. No one lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. You are a city set on a hill your tree planted by waters like your fruit and your shade use it to minister to your to your neighbors tonight and now of course like we obviously we protect our children but probably the best way to protect our children is to bring them into this mission with us amen tell them hey kids tonight our mission is to make everyone we talk to feel special like they're loved by god our mission tonight is a secret mission we're going out or we're everyone who comes to our door whatever you guys decide to do pray about it as a family but we're going to minister to these people deeply love them and meet them where they're at just like paul did at the areopagus just like jesus did just like israel just did we're going to minister them in a way that actually speaks to them guys the, the enemy He doesn't create things. He only twists and manipulates and counterfeits and steals. So let's steal this back, amen? God loves that neighbors are meeting one another, like going door to door and getting in one another's houses, right? Let's just steal it back for the Lord. (laughs) We just need to be cunning as serpents and innocent as doves. God is not going to vacuum, suck us up out of this world, you know, and protect us from the darkness around. Like, we, he planted us here because he knows that the light inside of us is gonna shine. Jesus multiplied food for hungry people. Are we gonna say 364 days a year, I'm prepared to give food to people? No, 365. And this day is unlike, is no different from, from any other. We're just gonna go out and we're gonna love people, amen? Let's tell people just like Paul did about the God that they never knew. Because a lot of these people have probably already had encounters with the God of love and just have never put a name to him. Can we stand and pray? Jesus, thank you, Lord, that um, we know from Colossians that you strip the enemy of all of their power and paraded them through the heavens, butt naked for everyone to see that you have triumphed over every principality and power and force of darkness in this present evil age. You have made a public spectacle of all of the enemy's most powerful weapons, Lord. And so we walk forth in confidence that we are your ambassadors as we represent you to this world. We ask, God, that you would anoint us for signs and wonders, that you would make us attentive to the whispers of the Holy Spirit while we take care of the ones around us. Protect us from all spiritual and physical harm as we go forth in the power of your word. In Jesus' name,
1: amen.